Today, the audio from today's session, as well as the question and answer, will be available on our website, as well as uh, audio from all our other ones. We'd just like to encourage you to check out the audio on there. There, there will be a place to post your comments to keep this discussion going. There's a suggestion box out in the lobby for your ideas or complaints. Um, just a reminder that if you have questions for Wade Galloway, to please st- state your name, keep your comments brief, and limit yourself to only one or two questions that have been clearly stated. And as soon as the, your, you've asked your question, we'd ask that you return to your, suite, return to your seat. So I'd just like to turn the time over to Wade Galloway at this point. Thank you, Kim. My name is uh, Knut Peterson. Thanks for coming, Wade. Thank you. I'm short noticed. Uh, my question is pretty simple. What uh, would you consider a central location in, in Lathbridge's uh, Galt Gardens? Yeah, for uh, for central uh, location, certainly Galt Gardens is one of the ones that we uh, we consider. I think it's an area that's underdeveloped and underutilized at the moment. The uh, city and the BRZ spends money on security to patrol that area, to control some of the undesirable elements that might be present there. And I think one of the ways to limit undesirable elements is to shine a brighter light on that area. And what better way than to develop that area with new new facilities, including a skateboard park, um, bring the families back, bring the people back, and you'll quickly revitalize downtown. The other one, of course, is Henderson Lake, um, very prominent green space. And if you look at what other cities have done, we have pictures on the uh, com website. Every modern skateboard park has been built into the middle of a green space. It's a vibrant part of the community. So, yeah, absolutely, Galt Gardens would certainly be one of the uh, leading areas that we're considering. Thanks again for coming, Wade. My name is Jesse Hershiney. Um, at my table, we were just discussing safety and um, the point of view of parents that have kids that have had to drop their kids off for, from sunup to sunup the next day at the skate park that we have existing on the north side, um, and that being a major safety concern, especially when you compare it to, say, the demographic of the kids going and where the city would think about placing playgrounds and things like that. So how do you feel about the safety aspect of the park? Uh, For sure. Uh, The concerns that you've addressed are are definitely valid Uh, from a safety standpoint. In the event of a medical emergency, you know, where is the nearest amenity? Um, A lot of people don't even know where the skateboard park is. Members of the public, do our our emergency responders know? Maybe they do. Do all kids have cell phones? Maybe they do. Is there a public payphone nearby? There's not. And if you contrast that to a visible, high-profile location, such as the Galt Gardens or Henderson Lake or Nicholas Sharon or any of those other ones, the community is around. The community sees it. The parents, when they go and drop their children off, aren't going to drop their children off because there's other amenities. There's other activities there that the the parents can partake in. Galt Gardens, you can go and have a, a picnic with your family. You can put the small children in the splash park, the older children in the skateboard park. You can take a stroll and shop downtown. There's a whole bunch of other things that you can do, so it's not a destination. And a new and improved location would certainly rectify those safety concerns. 
Bev Mendel-Atherstone. Thank you very much for your talk. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the historical perspective on City Council, and thanks to the two aldermanic candidates who are here. I notice you're both young, and uh, that's hopeful. <laughs> um, I'm just here to crash through some of the stereotypes of skateboarding. Um, I had a skateboard when I was a kid in the 50s. My sister and I took apart our metal skates and uh, took a little piece of um, one by four and made our own skateboards and skated down our sidewalks, which were those old concrete sidewalks with the tar in between, you know, and so your skateboard would go da 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 And um, that's how we learned to skateboard. And then we went over to the high school, and that was the best place to skateboard because they had the long, <coughs> long sidewalks at, this, at the high school. And my my kids skateboard, and now my grandkids. So uh, I think we're looking at obesity as one of the uh, childhood ap epidemic, and we need to find places for kids to do individual sports. If you're not um, a wonderful team sport player, as you said, then we have to look at other things. And of course, the the is there a question about? Yeah, there is. <laughs> Thanks. Anyway, so um, I live uh, not far from the new high school, and aside from Galt Gardens being a perfect place, I think the new high school, with its um, <clears throat> development of two two giant um, ice, ice arenas, uh, we should also have a skateboarding park out there, and I wonder if you have been in consultation with the city about that place. Yeah, thank you for the uh, the comments. Uh, it's really enlightening, I think, for some people to see it firsthand and hear it that you know, skateboarders are not just teenagers. Um, they turn into regular productive members of society. They have families, they have businesses, they have careers, and they're involved in the community. As far as the uh, West location, uh, as I mentioned in the speech, it's certainly uh, an area that we need to look at. It was brought to the attention of council in 2001, and the new school area would definitely be a, a very good facility to put it in. Um, the city is allocating $26 million for the new Twin Ice Arenas, at uh, our table here over lunch, we were talking about the uh, possibility of an indoor facility. You know, the cost to build an indoor and outdoor is the same for the actual concrete or the, or the uh, skateboard component of it. All it needs is a roof over top of it. Um, looking at the other money they spent there, they spent $2.4 million in the uh, 2009 operating budget on all the school fields around there. That included the drainage. It didn't break out what the actual drainage component and what the... Uh, tennis fields and soccer fields and all the rest of that stuff was. So there's already been millions of dollars spent there. Looking at the long-term growth of the city, the west side is going to be soon enough the largest part of the city when combined both the north and the south. So that is going to be the heart of the city. It's going to be the center of the city going forward. So absolutely, that would be a very good place to look at. The city has not been receptive at all as far as speaking to locations at all yet. That's one of the concerns we have is that in addition to telling us that they don't have money and asking us to help provide money for fundraising, they don't have a timeline. If you look at the city council agenda, all the other things on their unfinished list of things to do have a specific date and time where administration is to report back by such and such date. The skateboard park currently says 2011, so it's not a priority, and as part of that process, you know, to tell us that this is a location possibility would be to suggest that they are taking it seriously and making it a priority. So that's part of the reason that we are 
here today. It's part of the reason you've read about us in the newspaper, and it's part of the reason we're going to continue to fight is that it does need to be made an issue so that that dialogue is out there and it's in the community because it's not just us who should be dictating where the thing goes, and it certainly is not a handful of people in City Hall who should be dictating where it goes. It's our community. We should be deciding where it goes. Hi, uh, my name's Ian McKenna. Um, on this question of trying to get um, the city mobile, you know, to actually do something, um, has your, has your um, group been in touch with the police, the schools, um, the medical profession, you know, the kicking a Bev's thing on obesity and so on? Is this something that uh, you've been able to do or you would consider to be useful so that it's not just voices from, from your group but from uh, you know, some of the others? Right. Um, thank you for the question. Um, <clears throat> the LSA is still in many ways in its infancy. Um, you saw and heard during the speech that we sort of thought that we had something in 2009. The administration seemed to be taking the ball and running with it, and in the end they, they dropped it and lost it. So the resurgence has only been in the last couple of months, but certainly uh, seeking support from the community is something that we are actively trying to do. Um, in 1999, when the last park was built, there were letters of support from all the different school principals, from the chief of police, from you know upstanding members of the community that all are voicing support. That is something that we are actively seeking. We don't, as of yet, have uh, support from those organizations. At the moment, we do have um, a letter from the BRZ, which represents the Downtown Business Association. It's somewhat ironic that in 1995, it was ultimately the downtown merchants that more or less rounded us up and shipped us off to a secluded area. But the 15 years later, the corollary is now true in that they want us back. They want to revitalize downtown, and I guess maybe they've seen sort of the error of their ways that you need people in a downtown, whether you agree with what activity they're partaking in or not. So... We are actively seeking uh, support from the community, and we hope to be publishing those to the website as they become available. Wait, first of all, I commend you on, on all your hard work with this. There's lots of time that... Can you hear? Sorry. Yeah. Oh, Blaine Hagan. There's a lot of time that I'll be receiving information from Wade. It'll be sometimes 2 or 3 in the morning, so I understand that he's, he does really put a lot of dedication and time into this, so... Um, one of the things that I noticed that I, I, was, I was glad you brought up, Wade, was the fact that um, where the current park is, how having it away from, from uh, you know, the lights and, and where it can be looked over is somewhat disheartening. And I know there's many of us, I'm sure, in this room that uh, have children that you usually want to keep, for example, your computers and stuff out of rooms. You want to keep them in an area where, where people can see them because the, that keeps them away from getting into trouble. And, and I know that that's uh, you know, a big concern with a lot of families. My question to you, Wade, would be what percentage of current councillors or current, I'm sorry, candidates for council do you believe are pro and against what you brought up? <clears throat> Thank you, Blaine. That's a good question. I, I do send Blaine emails sometimes at 2 or 3 in the morning, and it's uh, it's telling that he gets them at that time of the night as well. So I'm not the only one who's, uh, who's working hard. Um, as far as a percentage of candidates, uh, we've detailed them all on lessskate.com. 
I started doing that uh, back in July, right after the website went live. And uh, as of up until just a couple days ago, there was not a single candidate who came out in full opposition to it. There were a few who sat on a fence, I guess, if you will, to want to take the political uh, way out. But there were certainly uh, some candidates who have given absolute unconditional support for it. Um, Robert Babke is a, is a prime example. And for those who know Robert, that might strike you as a bit of a surprise that someone who uh, generally is opposed to money being spent would come out and publicly declare that. But Robert is a, an individual who looks at the the facts, and uh, I traded probably about 10 or 15 emails back and forth with him, basically arguing the case, showing him the facts and the figures, and ultimately he came around. So I think if I can convince Robert Babke that skateboard parks are good, then the case is pretty strong. So to answer your question, uh, at the moment I only have one candidate who's more or less in opposition of it. And all of those are posted on lethscape.com and also mirrored on the uh, Lethbridge Accountability site as well, which is lethbridgeaccountability.ca. And that takes not only the skateboard issue, but also takes 32 other issues that are facing our city and provides you a laundry list of all the candidates providing responses to them. So I encourage you all to take a look at that. Hi, my name is Lisa Lambert. Um, I've been really impressed with, um, I follow you on Twitter and watch uh, lethbridgeskate.com. And uh, or leftscape.com, sorry. I'm really impressed with the um, political savvy of the group, and I think just in a larger um, picture, what would you offer to other groups that are trying to put something in front of the city? Um, what have you learned from this experience that you could pass on to others that are trying to lobby for their their ideas as well? You've managed to take what could be a really small issue and made it the topic that everyone has to discuss in this uh, election. So that's why I think it's a very political savvy group. Thank you, Lisa. Um, <clears throat> as far as getting an issue out there, it helps to have an easy issue. Um, that's one of the reasons I was able to convince someone like Robert Babke that it is a valid thing. If the numbers weren't there, it would have been far more difficult to make it an issue. So having something where when you look at it in a black and white context and remove any prejudices from it is compelling, certainly assist from it. Beyond that, ultimately, to make it an issue, you need to go to the, to the people. You need to make the people, the public, aware of what the issue is. You need to inform and you need to educate. And beyond that, you need to start to embarrass a few people. And the people that you want to embarrass are those who are in power right now. And you want to call them out, and you want to get them to come on record and say this is why things are the way they are. And politicians don't like to be embarrassed, I've learned. Um, I've actually been called to the principal's office after this meeting. City administration wants to talk to me about my current campaign. So if all of you might be able to vouch for me and just pass along a good word or something. I'm not sure if they're going to raise my taxes or what they're going to do, but I'm not in high school anymore. You can't suspend me. You can't make me go away. And in fact, by trying to do that, you only create a larger issue. So it needs it needs legs. In media this day, you know, candidates and, and the media are sort of like moths to a flame. They're both drawn to each other. So the more you can engage the one, the more the other one's going to want to be there. That's, I guess, all I would have as far as advice for how to take another issue and, and make it prominent. This is much taller than I am, so 
my name is Desiree Unvaz, a.k.a. Betty Believe It. Uh, I learned to skateboard on a farm with a hand-me-down banana board. Uh, I had to sweep a path in between my dad's implements and his shop. And then I moved to Lethbridge, and now I work in business development. And um, so underneath all of my business clothes, I'm covered in tattoos and lots of bruises. Um, I became an avid rollerblader and re most recently a member of the Deathbridge Derby Dames uh, roller derby team. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, my question is, is uh, what the LSA's position or feelings are about working with another organization uh, towards a common goal and then sharing that facility. Thank you, Betty. Believe it. Um, I, I actually learned to skateboard on a farm as well. And uh, I actually still have scars on my back from falling where I wasn't supposed to. Um, we have been in discussions with the, uh, the Derby Dames about an indoor facility. Uh, it was one of the goals was to secure both an outdoor facility provided by the city and also an indoor one. My belief as a business owner is that we could make the indoor happen on a far quicker timeline simply because private capital moves quickly. It doesn't hire consultants. It just gets stuff done. The snag I ran into was uh, zoning, which, oddly enough, the government will always sneak up and get you somehow. What we're looking for from both a skateboard park indoor and from a derby dame standpoint is a large open building without any improvements, just raw concrete floor, high ceilings, no pillars. That type of space only exists in the industrial park. It's also where the rent is the cheapest, which is what private business and users want is the lowest possible cost. The city, in its infinite wisdom, when it came to zoning those properties, uh, prevented those types of um, usages within the huge industrial park, which would be north of Crow's Nest Highway and east of 28th Street. There's maybe 10% of the properties that are zoned appropriately that would permit that usage. With $5,000, you can change the zoning of any particular property through a public hearing process, but there's no guarantee. The only guarantee is that you're $5,000 lighter. You can put it into one of those 10% of the properties if the space is available and if it's suitable. We've looked at some of them, and there's only about two properties at the moment that are potentially suitable. We've explored those, and the landlords are not interested in doing it. It's still a stated objective of the LSA, and I think sharing that facility with someone like the Derby Dames or another group would certainly make sense to share resources because ultimately you want to get the best bang for your buck as possible. So at the moment we need something different to come from the city as far as opening up the rest of those areas because there is 90% of the uh, industrial park that is simply off limits unless someone wants to give us $5,000 and hope that something comes of it. But I think we've learned today that when you, when it comes to the city and hoping, um, it, it's not going to turn out very well for you. Incidentally, just to wrap up on that, the only place that the city will for sure allow that without any restrictions is in the downtown. So you can have an, what they term an amusement facility or a sports complex downtown. But the problem with the downtown is that it is improved space. It has carpet, it has tile, it has walls, it has low ceilings, and it's expensive. So from a user standpoint, what we're looking for, it's the absolute worst possible place. So yet again, the city is somewhat out of touch. My name is Tad Mitsui. Thank you for your presentation. Thank you. My question is, are there clubs in high schools, college, and university? I go to university every morning to swim, 
It's amazing how many students come on skate, skateboards. Mm-hmm. And uh, I see a lot of students uh, doing all kinds of tricks on the steps. And, and the university has a lot of smooth, concrete space. And a lot of them it says no skateboard. Right. And currently, new president is a professor of kinesiology. Okay. It's a good time to approach him. <laughs> so are there clubs? If not, why not? Thank you for the question and the, uh, the heads up on the new, uh, new president of the university. Uh, at the moment, I'm not aware of any uh, clubs. To the best of my knowledge, there is. Okay, I'm getting a sign from the table. There is one club. There is, a, I guess, a longboard club at the university. Um, what I touched on in the, on the speech was the inherent difficulty of organizing a group like this without a regularly scheduled meeting. There's not a practice. There's not a, uh, a game or anything else like that where everyone's going to congregate, so it's difficult to get the message out. <clears throat> we are seeing an increase in numbers it form our membership from the recent media of attention. People are going to the website. They're learning about us. Parents are learning about it because a lot of these kids, remember, 85% are under the age of 18, but a lot of them, well, who under 18 reads the newspaper? I'm in my 30s, and a lot of people my age don't read the daily newspaper. So how do we reach that group, that segment? You really have to reach the parents. The parent has to see it, make the kid aware of it, get involved and go from that process. So it's certainly something that we're working towards because there's ultimately more strength in numbers. And absolutely, with 7,000 or 6,000 students, whatever's at the university, for sure there's going to be a lot of kids there. Uh, same thing at the college, at the high schools. Um, my son is still in elementary school, and there's kids that skateboard there. So it's all about getting that message out there and mobilizing because collectively we're stronger than what we are as a small group or as a single voice in the... This will be our final question. Oh, I love to save myself for the last. Okay, it's Barbara Warren. Uh, Wade, thank you for a very interesting presentation. I have a question about Winnipeg and Tabor. How have they managed to keep their, or are they managing to keep their skate parks free of graffiti? And how do you plan to do that? Thank you. <clears throat> that's, a, that's a very good question. Um, Tabor has only had a, a handful of incidents uh, associated with graffiti. Uh, personally, I've never been to Winnipeg. I used to live there actually only a couple blocks away from where the Forks is located, but they didn't have the skateboard park when I was there. So I'll only speak to Tabor because it's one I'm familiar with. There's a tremendous pride associated with that facility, uh, not only from the residents of the uh, city, but also from the skateboarders that were there and the skateboarders who live in Lethbridge and go out there. And it comes back to the sort of that broken window theory that I talked about, that when there is a pride in it, you look after it because ultimately it is yours. Uh, the handful of incidents that have happened have been cleaned up almost instantly. How would we handle that here in Lethbridge? Uh, a high-profile, visible location is going to be an ultimate deterrent. Uh, recent media events aside, um, there was a high-profile case of cars being vandalized in the north end. So vandalism can happen anywhere. But a high-profile location helps it. So Galt Gardens, Nicholas Share, and any of these other places, there's community driving by, there's people walking by. Those who would per- choose to participate in that activity would be discouraged from it. Once it happens, the ultimate thing is you want to clean it up as quickly as you can because if it's left, it becomes acceptable, it becomes ultimately endorsed. So we would, uh, we're on record as the LSA of wanting to 
help look after the facility, and that includes graffiti uh, removal and mitigation. So. We'd like to thank Wade for his presentation and fielding the questions today. Also, thank you to ladies and gentlemen for attending and participating and listening. Please, once again, remember to go to our website and comment on the, uh, on the session today to continue this conversation um, some more. Thank you. Just uh, quickly, one last thing, too, if you don't mind. For anyone who is interested, the coupons are $10. 100% of the proceeds, I promise, will not go towards bureaucracy. They are for shovels in the ground. They're at the front table, and uh, any support would be appreciated. Thank you. Just before you go, folks, uh, Shaw TV is back uh, taping this event. They do the presentation only, not the question and answer period, but... It can be seen on Shaw TV at 4.30 Sunday afternoons. <laughs>